Hello, you're listening to the podcast D on the PLC. I am D, your host. I am a political analyst, social activist, media host, entrepreneur with a spiritual center and a dedication to helping the underserved community. This podcast uses a single different word weekly as a method to philosophically define, dissect, discuss, and reimagine the possibilities for society and the people of color that live in it. Now, I say this to everyone. I'm going to say it to on all the beginning of my podcast, everyone will know. In my view, people of color are also white people. And that is because I'm a firm believer that no matter where we go, how we go, we move forward, backwards, side to side, doesn't matter. We all are in this together. Either we rise or fall together. Everyone's input on how to make this a much more perfect union is invited to be part of this podcast. So with that, today's word is justice. Yeah. In my view, when I hear the word justice, I hear it is a it is a majestic word. It's a spiritual word. It's an emotional word. It's a word that that incorporates a lot of things that we as humans cannot quite grasp or cannot do. Our humanness, our humanityness, our peopleness prevents us from actually doing the concept of justice. The French had a, it wasn't, not not the French, the Latin word was incitia, meaning righteousness, equity for people. And the old English word in the 14th century, the meaning was right order, equity, the rewarding to everyone of that which is due. (laughs) Interesting, isn't it? And the old-fashioned word had a widespread sense of including uh, things like uprightness, equity, vindication of right, court of justice. When I think of this word, I think of justice as having like a spiritual, emotional, godlike essence to it. And in my opinion, we as people have tried to take a concept or construct that is beyond us and force it into this word, justice, when in actuality, the word justice in its true sense does not actually exist. And the reason why, in my view, that it doesn't exist is because of our humanness. I'm saying this because I don't think that what we are made of or the part of us that is here today or was here yesterday or may be there tomorrow, that we aren't capable of that extra step of divineness that comes to justice. I don't think right now as we sit and stand and live and breathe, that we have the capacity to do justice. 
because in and of itself, our humanness is unjust. So therefore, I don't think we can do justice. Actually, they took a somewhat spiritual, soulful, almost godlike concept and tried to fit it into a human condition, and that cannot work. And that is why there is oftentimes, how about a lot of times that humans are not, cannot administer justice. Now, I know that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people, and I think that they're probably thinking, what is she talking about? When I'm talking about divineness versus humanness, that, that just because we made this word does not mean that we can actually do it. It just means that we tried, and that we have to give we humans credit for trying but throughout time in history we can see how we have never how we have been i guess not capable of administering justice i mean it's not just between we african americans and how we were slaves and how we had jim crow and how we were how we have systemic um things happen to us that are not just like you can't buy a house and you had redlining or if you live in a certain neighborhood even to today let me give you an example when you do a credit score you start out with six er, there's 600 points but if you live in an, you know, like the hills of San Francisco, you know, or if you live in Beverly Hills, or if you live in Upper East Side of New York, or if you live in Potomac or McLean, Virginia, or Potomac, Maryland, you automatically get all the points. If you live in middle class America, you know, if your house is like, a nice three, four bedroom, three or four bathroom house, you get, well, it's not, let me just go back a step. The actual score starts out as three, not 600, it's 300. So if you live in those affluent neighborhoods, you get the whole 300. If you live in a, you know, middle-class neighborhood, you got three or four bedrooms or whatever, then you get a 200. If you are in an all-minority neighborhood, that's not quite inner city or ghetto, but still, all Latino neighborhood or all Black or Black Latinos, your income level, they don't even consider that yet, just where you live, then your score starts out as 100. So your credit score is automatically going to be lower because they, the people, the more fluent people already have the total 300 points and they just go up from there. Whereas if you're in that 100 point area, well, well, you know what happens to you. So that is, this is existing today as we sit and stand. Like people think that credit is, it has nothing to do with the federal government. It's not a bureau. It is that that's basically not the truth. Basically, I'm going to tell you, it's a darn right lie. It is deceptive on its face. There is no credit bureau. It's all private industry. Three private companies have decided to take your social security number and give you a, a number. And instantly, it's a FICO, is a credit score with many 
with certain constructs about it. I think it's three, six different ones that they use and different credit scores use it, put weight on different ones, you know, like, did you pay your bills? Do you own a house? Did, you know, they, they kind of use the same equation, but they put more emphasis on different parts of the equation. I'm saying that to say, even though we're here right now, 2021, <laughs> we still don't have that word called justice. It is not just in our society and other society around the world, not just America, all over the proverbial place. If you're in the trades, people like you and they want you to do your, you know, do, do fix their house or fix the road or build a building and put a roof on your house. But oh boy, if you went to Harvard or Yale, they you're not on par. Even though that Harvard or Yale person couldn't put a roof on if his life depended on it. So it's almost like that waiting, that wait. Who gets how many points? When our society is predicated on that, that means guess what we don't have? We don't have justice. That soulful, emotional, spiritual, godlike word, justice. Let's say it again. Justice. We don't have our society needs to find a way to bring equity and equality. <laughs> and you know, in as I was reading and doing research, I began to realize one one um definition says that um the meaning of justice is behind the concept behind the concept lies the notion of balance that people get what is right. Really. You see. We can't have justice because our total essence and what we believe and how we think and what we what is important to us isn't justice from the very beginning. When you think that the person that is making sure that your child is going to school on the school bus, that they're not getting run over and that person is the front line person of anything that happens on that school bus with your precious little seven-year-old on there, that they're the person that's going to be totally responsible and it's their responsibility to not only drive that bus to make sure that you your child gets to school on time. But if you're a lawyer, then that school bus driver's capacity and what he is and how you look at him is diminished because you think, or not just you, I, how about the royal we think that the bus driver is less worthy uh, <laughs> than the lawyer? Now, the thing that's so ironic is so funny. All of a sudden, we went to a pandemic and everybody had to go to the supermarket, including the lawyers and the doctors and the people like me and all of the other people. We had to go to the store and God knows we really did need that checkout person, didn't we? Or the person to put that food on the shelf. They began to be very important. They started having their justice about what they do and their service to this society. And those group of people who were there 24-7 until the store closed, until the last drop of the toilet paper were gone, are people of 
most of the time for people of color. Subsequently, when you see a person of color who, who for whatever reason, can't speak English properly or don't speak English at all or come from a different place or they have a different scarf or something on their head or whatever, people see them very differently. Will we ever be able to have the divine part of justice? I think, let me just say this, because of our humanness, I think we can think it. I think we can think justice. But I think that we do not know how to administer it properly, and we don't have the spiritual capacity to do it correctly. Words are so important. You remember that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, that's not quite true. Words do hurt. Words do offend. Words do make you feel bad. Words do make you emotional. Words can make you cry. And justice is one of those words. When you see a person go off to jail for 10, 15 years, because at the time we didn't have DNA uh, capacity samples or technology, and people, there are many people who spend time in jail just because somebody said so. Unjust. And then the technology came along when DNA could be um, handled and evidence could be uh, handled and uh, can be could be technologically seen or used. <laughs> that person gets out of jail after being in there for 10, 15 years. We have to evolve as a society. We have to understand that words do hurt. We have to understand the, the meaning and the purpose and give everyone here in our society a level of purpose, of uniqueness, of goodness, of justice in this country. No matter how low you may see them on the totem pole, they still have meaning. They still have rights. They still have a right to have their children have a good education. They have a right to have good medicine. They have a right to own a home without the bank saying, oh no, your credit score is five huh. or 520. And even though you have a job and you work hard every single day, we can't let you have no money to buy a house. Uh-uh. No, we cannot do that. You have to have your credit score at 650 just to even squeak by the threshold level. Poor thing. You're going to have to be in the apartment till you die. Okay? <laughs> I mean... When I say that we aren't capable of the divine part of justice, I really and truly mean that. Now, listen, I'm going to give you some quotes of some famous people, and let's see what they had to say in terms of justice. William Allen White says, peace without justice is tyranny. William Baldwin said, it is certain in any case that ignorance allied with power is the most ferocious enemy justice can have. W.B. Du Bois said, a system cannot fail those it was not meant to protect. And this is, um, I'm going to tell you this old African proverb. It is, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's funny. So I'm going to tell it to you. 
Um, corn cannot expect justice from a court composed of chickens. <laughs> and that's because chickens eat corn. So what is the purpose? Corn can never have justice around chickens. And subsequently, we can never have justice without some level of humanity, a spiritualness of the divine aspect of justice, not just the world's justice, not because you in London put on a wig and your black robe and here in the United States you put on your black robe and the three of you march out there uh, to in a court of appeals and those stand in front of the judge and you give your IRAC. Those of us who went to law school know what that I-R-A-C actually means. And you give your conclusion <laughs> to and apply your law, that does not give us what we need. It gives us part of it. it. Gives us maybe one quarter of it. But at the end of the day, we have to search our soul for the truth and the true meaning of justice. Now, justice to me has two sides. And I've been trying to talk about those two sides and they're out of balance and the more spiritual side of it the intellectual side has merit and the spiritual side of it in my view is lacking what makes me angry about justice is that duality of that imbalance of that how it's administered person a and not to person b and maybe person c there's this imbalance that exists in a construct that needs to be balanced. So that's what makes me angry about the word justice. What makes me feel good about the word justice is this inevitable divineness, spiritualness, soulfulness, meaningless. It's majestic. It is something that we have to strive towards to be a more perfect union. It's something we have to try to grasp and understand, not only understand it from its words, but understand it from its internal essence of ourselves. That's what makes me feel good about the book. Now, here is my story before I close. My father was a detective, and my father had 16 other brothers and sisters. They were descendants of Cuba, Afro-Cubans, came from Cuba. And I had an aunt, and we called her Aunt Mouse. Aunt Mouse had a twin. And my Aunt Vi was a twin. My Aunt Vi was a homebody type, and she stayed home, but she had nine children. <laughs> my Aunt Mouse was everything negative you can think of. She was a whore, a prostitute, a drug addict, a drunk. An unfit mother of kids were taken away from her. She was a liar, a cheat. I don't know, just say anything you want to say about somebody bad. She had been, she was a jailbird. She had been on, she had been uh, on probation, on probation. She committed all sorts of crimes. She, <laughs> I didn't mean to tell you. So when she would come around, everybody would run. Oh my God, here comes Art Mouth. Oh, all of us would run in the house. That was before I had ever met her. My mother and father never let me beat her. 
<laughs> let, let us beat her. She, they, they were like, run to our mouth. What are we running for? <laughs> so she would be out there drunk and screaming and hollering, falling on the floor, taking off her clothes. Just you name it. I mean to tell you, she was a real pistol. But guess what? My Aunt Mouse outlived every last one of her brothers and sisters including my father who had to go and get her out of jail all the time she outlived 16 people and those kids that were taken away from her went and found her and she lived with them until she died two years ago of 97 years old thank you jesus that's what i call justice just because we have differences does not mean that we are different Man looks upon the outside, while God looks upon the heart. This is Dolores. This is Dee on the POC. Next week, our word is privilege. Thank you so much.